Leaders in the state assembly from both parties stated last week that they won't release records related to claims of sexual harassment within the chamber in order to protect victims' privacy. WUWM's Marty Michelson asked J.R. Ross of WixPolitics.com how the decision might sit with constituents. The argument from leadership has been that they want to have as inviting an atmosphere as possible for people who feel like they've been harassed to come forward and file reports. Their fear is that if they release any information, it could deter people from coming forward. It could uh, cause concern for those who have come forward that these details might be out there in the public eye. As far as constituents, it's a good question how they're going to react. I mean, they're making an argument of protecting victims in these cases. And, you know, I've seen some mixed reactions from victims groups and others about this, but it's hard to know if voters are really going to key on this as a big issue for them or something they truly care about. Also, last week, uh, Governor Walker said that he wants the state legislature in spring to approve $7 million for an ad campaign that would attract people from all over, even beyond the borders, to work at Foxconn. During the, the debate on Foxconn, Democrats tried to amend the bill to include language that jobs would mostly go to people who live in Wisconsin. So is this going to be the subject of another contentious debate? I talked to the co-chairs of the Joint Finance Committee last week, both of whom are Republicans. They seem open to the idea of using that $6.8 million in taxpayer money to do these ad campaigns. They want to see more details, however, and these ad campaigns are geared at attracting mostly millennials, uh, veterans as well, to Wisconsin from other states, looking at places like Chicago and Minneapolis. The thought is that they, if they advertise in these places, they could hit a demographic that is, you know, four or five years out of college, starting to think about having a family and settling down, and do they want to be in Chicago or Minneapolis for that, or do they want to come back home to Wisconsin? Because we have a lot of folks who grew up here go to the UW system, and then after their degree, they go elsewhere. The idea is we have, on any given day, 90-some thousand jobs are open in Wisconsin as it is. If Foxconn meets its full potential that they've talked about, 10, 13,000 jobs of plan alone, not including what could be, again, could happen uh, with suppliers, where are those folks going to come from? We have a graying demographic in Wisconsin where people are getting older, and we're not having enough young people uh, come in to replace them. So this is part of an, an effort to kind of reverse that, brain, they call it the brain drain, and bring more people back to Wisconsin or bring people in. Now, will it work? I mean, it's $7 million roughly in an ad campaign. I've heard questions from folks this week about why not spend that money on the UW system or on tech colleges to train people already here. But we're going to have a bigger demand for, for workers once Foxconn comes online, assuming it hits its potential. Governor Walker says he plans to appoint a Milwaukee County Sheriff by the end of the year to replace David Clark, who left to take a consulting job with President Trump's PAC. Walker will choose between five applicants. So do you think he'll pick somebody more conservative? Well, it's been interesting talking to folks about this this pick. There's a thought that, remember, Governor Walker's up for election next year, and he's not going to want to appoint somebody who is not acceptable to his base, right? I mean, People want to be excited to go out and vote for somebody, and you don't excite your base by appointing somebody that they really have an issue with. So to excite you know, Milwaukee Republicans, he's probably going to look for somebody a little more conservative and more uh, palatable to his ideology for that appointment. Now the question becomes, is it somebody you appoint who could actually win re-election next year? Or when that sees up, I'm sorry, because Milwaukee County is very Democratic. So do you pick somebody who's got a better shot to win? Do you go ahead with somebody who won't want run to retain the seat, will actually just fill out the term and then say, you know, I'm done. So it's going to be an interesting line for Walker to walk on how to approach this appointment and does 
does he find somebody that kind of satisfies his preference of a more conservative uh, sheriff and also one who could serve for a while. How could Walker's decision impact the race for sheriff when the current term ends next year? Well, we've seen in Milwaukee and Dane counties, uh, some of Walker's appointees have trouble winning retention in their seats. Part of it is because they're fairly democratic places, and you know Walker obviously is Republican. Uh, he's got doesn't have a lot of fans in some of those places. At the same time, there have been some of his nominees or his appointments. I'm sorry, who have won retention. So it's not like it's the kiss of death, but in some races, it does make it harder to win if you're associated with Governor Walker in a heavily Democratic area. So with this pick, again, does he pick somebody who wants to run again? Or is it going to be somebody who's going to fill out the term and then kind of make that issue go away in the next race? Also last week, Wisconsin U.S. Senate candidate Kevin Nicholson replaced his top campaign strategist. Uh, Nicholson is backed by Steve Bannon. What will that look like as we head into what will likely be a contentious GOP primary between Kevin Nicholson and State Senator Leah Vukmir, and then ultimately the effort to unseat Democrat Tammy Baldwin. Well, Nicholson, you know, the early part of this campaign so far, he's kind of had an issue or a struggle trying to connect with Wisconsin Republicans. He's got a decent national following. People see his profile as a former Marine and business consultant as somebody they really like as a, you know, to take on Tammy Baldwin. But Leah Vukmir, who's also running for the GOP nomination, is well known to the Republican base in Wisconsin. She's been around for a long time. She's voted for Act 10. She's voted on the prevailing wage, all these conservative priorities. Whereas Nicholson, you know, was chair of the College Democrats when he was in college. He was registered to vote as Democrat for more than 10 years ago, roughly 10 years ago. So there's some kind of like, well, question. We, they, they don't really know this guy as well. So in shaking up the campaign, is it, it building off what was established or is it going to be a new direction completely? The other thing is, it's been interesting with Nicholson that He's been trying to break through with Wisconsin Republicans, and he got Jim Clauser, who was a former right-hand, basically right-hand man to Tommy Thompson for years. He is now the honorary campaign chair for Nicholson's campaign. That may be a signal or an attempted signal to the old guard of the GOP in Wisconsin of, hey, this guy's all right. But as he tries to break through, he's got to be careful about how he approaches Leah Vukmir because, again, the base knows her. And we saw this last week. The Club for Growth, which is backing Nicholson, put out a fundraising appeal in which it, which the group called Vukmir a rhino, Republican name only. And that just inflamed conservatives in Wisconsin who thought that was out of bounds. And the more instances you have, things like that, where you go after Leah, you may have an issue where people who've known her for a long time come to her defense, and that becomes an issue to deal with in that primary.